everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Jam-packed show, so much content. Flyers about to push their way into the Eastern Conference Final. We've got all sorts of stuff going on for you, is what I wish I was going to be saying right now. But instead, um, I don't know. Let's see what happens. Let's get to the intros. Let's lead it off with Stephalicious D. Steph Driver. I don't know, let's see what happens, is kind of the motto for my entire life. (laughs) So, um, I'm just going to lead off with some good news here about Oscar Lindblom. We did get an update earlier this week just saying that his treatments are going really well, and he's nearly done. So he's on the final round of chemo, um, I guess, for this cycle. Who We don't really know if it's going to continue, nobody knows other than his doctors, but he's he's in the final, the last treatments. Um, everything that Brett Flair has heard from Jimmy McCrossin has been positive. Um, he feels great. Um, he's doing cardio, which like I know because I use Instagram to stalk the girlfriends of players, and <laughs> like him and his him and his girlfriend do like light workouts in the parking, the empty parking lot of his apartment building. Show off. It makes me worry. I'm like, get Oscar back inside. Like, what are you doing? Get but your ass a, in the house, young man. Get inside. But it is a very, very empty parking lot. So, um, yeah, everything everything seems to be going well. Apparently, Flair Sid Lindblom's doctors have told him that it couldn't have gone any better for him, which is amazing yeah. news. Yeah, really that good. was the quote. Because I don't know, like, what finishing up your this round or what any of that means. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. But when I just read the part at the end that said it couldn't have gone any better for him, I was like, oh, well, that's got to be positive. Got to be you good. Know? Yeah. Yeah, and, and my understanding, and, like, I want to make it clear that, like, it's not as if there's any sort of timeline for Oscar Limblom playing hockey again. But my understanding is that from a treatment standpoint, it's gone well, and they're very happy. Like, I mean, you never know with these things, but we said when this whole thing happened that the biggest concern was Oscar Limblom being able to live a long and healthy life as a person. And it seems like 
signs are good that that can happen. Now, whether he can play hockey again, who knows? Hopefully, that would be amazing. That would obviously be the best-case scenario of all the possible scenarios. But, like, I don't. what I don't want is I don't want people to take this as, like, oh, so Limam's going to be back next season. This is awesome. Like, maybe that would be great. But at this point, let's just take what seems to be a win here in the sense that, like, it looks like he's responding well to treatment. Yeah, and this whole, like— this whole thing's been so, like, it seemingly came out of nowhere and there weren't updates for a while. It's just cool to hear that he's doing all right right now. Like, that's... Shit, man, I want LW1 back too, but he's uh, he's doing okay right now and that's all we can ask for. Exactly. Like, I care about his life. Like, the hockey player is, is secondary to the human being, Oscar Lindblom. Yeah, uh, but that's the thing is we wouldn't know about his life if not for hockey. It's one of those. It's one of the great things about sports. You meet people you wouldn't have uh, otherwise, and then you get attached to people, and then bad shit happens to them, and you're like, "Fuck!" Now I gotta care about someone else. But yeah, here we are. Great, things are going though, well. I I would like to dispute it being great. I've heard that sports are actually bad. Well, now we now sports mm. are nothing. So yeah, sports don't exist. <laughs> sports are chaotic neutral. No, see, sports are not bad, and it turns out that all of us would, in fact, care if they canceled sports. We are the virus. That's wild. (laughs) Sports are good. We are the virus. It's really hard to mute phrases on Twitter, Mm. but we are the virus is getting close. It's very annoying. I don't think I've seen that once. No? What? Really? You've been seeing, like, a picture of chicken nuggets, like, on a bench, and someone saying, nature is restoring itself, we are the virus, or some dumb shit like that. It's all over the place. I have not, no. Oh, you're missing out. No, I've been a little bit busy uh, with other stuff on Twitter. Let me, let me be clear. I am not busy in my life. (laughs) I am just... Let me be clear. Other... From, in other areas of Twitter. <laughs> from TheAthletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. So I don't really have anything in particular other than, <laughs> um, so they they replayed the Flyers winning their first Stanley Cup last night, and that was cool. They did, And yes. it reminded me of like just how unbelievably awesome Bernie Perron was. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, the guy, you were talking, what show, was it this show where we were talking about his numbers yeah. in his uh, in his one, in his two seasons, and, like, his save percentage was, I think, like, 32 points higher than the league average, and, uh, of course, he wins both con Smythes the two years the Flyers go. They go again in 76, and he's not there, and they lose. Uh, there's no question, like, Bobby Clark's the greatest flyer ever, because league MVP, he did it for a while, but shit, man, those two years, they don't win without Bernie. I mean, one thing that's, one thing that's a fascinating question, and this is, this is actually a perfect podcast question, is which Flyers player had the best peak? Because, like, I think we all agree that Bobby Clark was the best flyer ever, but yeah. like that, the, the question of who had the best peak that allows you to bring in someone like Lindros. It obviously allows you to talk about Perron. It obviously keeps Clark in there because Clark was, you know, one of the best centers in hockey for probably like a three, four, five year period. But it's a fascinating question because like the season that Perron had in seventy three, seventy four was so freaking good that I think you can argue that peak Perron was better than peak any other flyer. 
that's like as long as like Bobby Orr or somebody like that is in the league, you can't say Clarky's peak was best ever. Yeah. Um, Bernie, you can be like, oh yeah, there was no other goalie. It was him. You know. So yeah, you absolutely can make that argument. Last but not least, the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle. Sorry, I got distracted by arguing about Robert Haig on Twitter again. I don't know oh why I'm like God. this. I don't that know why I'm like this. That could be the whole, like I just, I can't. God. People are obsessed. Obsessed with him. I don't understand. Like, I, I get it. If you are of the opinion that he's a whatever player and is insignificant to your life and you don't care if he's on your team or not, okay, fine. But this, I feel like this would be like if I decided that I was going to defend Connor Bunneman to the death. And, like, every time someone suggested that Connor Bunneman was just okay at hockey, I would lose my shit and pop into someone's mentions and tell them they were an idiot for looking at stats. Like, I don't understand why people are so quick to defend against the idea that perhaps Robert Haig is a number seven defenseman. And that's Like, Like, I don't understand. My quote, like... Well, if, if you're, like, one of these people who is constantly defending him, and the real reason to do it is to troll stats people, that's why you do it. So, like, when I say, what's the real reason, that's the real reason. I don't even know why we're getting into it. But, like, what is his actual ceiling? Not terrible third-pair yeah. defenseman? Like, that's his ceiling. Yeah. Like, that's what people are arguing. Like Replacement-level player. He's not terrible. Okay, cool. Yeah. So why are we talking about it? Like, if someone suggests that perhaps he's not great at effectively moving the puck out of his own zone, why does this anger you? Like, I don't, I truly do not understand it. I think there just always has to be that one guy. I guess. Because there's just, there's, even when the stat people and the anti-stat people aren't at open war with each other, it really is more of like a cold war than anything. Like the two sides aren't big fans of each other. And there has to be that one person, that one guy who starts it up. And like, I I think, you know, your argument, Kelly is fair, but it's also fair to say that like, when every time a staff person posts something that like doesn't look favorably upon Robert Haig, that's when like the other side's perspective is you're trolling us. So it, yes. it is kind of like a constant back and forth war, and there's just always is there are there's one or two players that tend to spark it, and it's annoying, but it's just sort of the way things are on hockey. Twitter. Remember, particularly stats when there's don't no, care about your feelings; that, they're, numbers. they're numbers. It's just it's but, just wild <laughs> to me that that he's the guy. Like there are other guys on this team that you could glom onto and defend because you think stats guys are annoying, but like and yeah, I just, but. Like, but but he's the he's the one with really bad numbers, and he's the one who consistently gets played. Like, I guess. Like Chris Stewart's numbers were horrific, but he didn't play regularly, and I think mostly everybody agreed that he was bad. Like if 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 Robert Haig fought all the time or did something visually appealing, if he had a big shot that he got off every now and then, I, I would understand people defending him to the death. But I just don't, like, what is, if you, all the stats people are like, forget about the stats. All right, forget about the hit stats. Because I say I've never seen him dish out any of these hits. Take away, he leads the league in hits. What the fuck are you, def- I just, I, 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 I don't, I don't get it. But I'm not going to get into it because who gives a shit? He's the seventh defenseman. He's the sixth defenseman at best. Whatever. Um, 
I want to know, and I'm sorry, I hate when I leave out uh, Kelly and Steph in my in my opening, but um, they they don't football the way Charlie and I do. And the biggest story in sports this week is the Eagles decided to use the 53rd overall pick in the NFL draft to select quarterback out of Oklahoma, Jalen Hurts, the runner-up for the Heisman Trophy. Charlie, I've been pissed off for a couple of days now. Why am I wrong? You're the logical thinker here. You're the analytically driven guy. Oh, I mean, you're like, that's a perfectly reasonable opinion to have. I decided the day after they made the pick that I just wasn't going to be mad about it anymore because I found it so funny how vehemently the Eagles were defending the pick in such incredibly stupid ways. Like, yes, that was that was when I turned on and not that I think it was a smart pick. I don't. It's just that they were twisting themselves into knots to defend the pick like to me, it's very clear they made that pick because they don't think they can trust Carson Wentz to stay healthy, which, yeah. like, that's the reason. That's the only reason that makes sense. But the thing is, is that they can't say that because if they say that, then they're calling out their starting quarterback and they're furthering a narrative that they don't want to forward. So they kind of want it both ways. They want to make a pick responding to what they perceive to be an issue with their starting quarterback, but they don't want to admit that that's actually an issue with their starting quarterback. So they're forced to come up with all these ridiculous bullshit explanations that don't actually make any sense upon further inspection. And that makes me laugh. But like being angry is a perfectly rational response to this. No, that's, and listen, I, I love it in that, Hey, I've got my brothers and sisters in sports talk radio that have four hours a day to fill uh, this was, I mean, my God, this was <laughs> this was prime rib on a plate for you. It's perfect. <laughs> um, but God damn it! Like, imagine if the Flyers used a first round pick on a goalie next month. Yeah. Like, that's what this. It's so goddamn ridiculous. I just, I, 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 I I'm blown away by it. Uh, however, I, I, I have developed a conspiracy theory that I have not said in public. I was saving it for this show so I could do it here. This is an exclusive. I believe it is definitely possible that after most of the guarantee on his contract is up, he's got an out in his contract after 2021, Carson Wentz goes, I'm tired of getting beaten up. I'm going to go preach the word. I think it's very possible he gives an Andrew Luck and just gets into other endeavors. Who's his audience, Charlie? He's got an audience of one. That one is not you or I. I think he's going to continue to serve that audience long after he's done serving us, and it wouldn't surprise me if that comes up sooner than later. I wouldn't compare it to Andrew Luck, and I know that Charlie has different opinions, not probably more intelligent opinions about Andrew Luck than I do, but, like, Andrew Luck was not didn't leave football to go preach the word of God. No, no, no. Andrew Luck left football because he was injured all the time and decided that it wasn't worth his health. Yes, I think those two things combined, the Andrew, like Carson Wentz, three years in a row, major injuries, now combined with his outside football interests, I think he could be uh, saying see you sooner than later. I I think that that's jumping from... A to Z very quickly. I, I think but what like, do we do here? Whatever. I have no inside information here. I have no sources on this. I am not a journalist. I'm just saying <laughs> if he's that type of guy, the team that drafted him would know. I feel like he's more likely to 
retire for the purposes of just hunting the rest of his life than preaching the word of God. Yeah. He's, he's like a hardcore like deer hunter, right? That's like his thing. Yeah, but what do you do at night then? I don't know. Read the Bible. Doesn't uh, mean he's preaching. He might just be reading it. I'm just saying. I'm audience of one, baby. That's all. all right. Okay, Bill. All right. So, guys, we had uh, we had some stuff go on yesterday um, that I really thought was going to blow up the internet a lot more than it did. The government just confirmed aliens. <laughs> I've been. I've been telling you people. No, listen. I I am like I'm like Agent Scully. I want to believe. Everybody like, wants to mock Kelly for believing in the aliens. I've believed in aliens. I think dogs are an alien race who have enslaved us. Like, I, <laughs> this is I mean, this is. See, Kelly, this is who you're aligning yourself with. Are you telling me that's impossible? Listen, he's got alternate theories. There was actually a whole episode of Ancient Aliens about the fact that no one can dis- like no one can figure out like the etymology behind the word dog. Like it doesn't seem to come from anywhere. Hmm. I forget that does not seem factual. No, it's true. You can look it up. But I f- I forget um <laughs> I forget how they tied it into aliens, but they did. Um so yeah, maybe dogs are aliens. I'm not ready to reject that theory outright. We so, clearly live to serve these four-legged creatures who cute. do nothing but shit and eat and look good. Like, obviously, we serve them. <laughs> I think it's because they're aliens and they've they've mind-controlled us with their cuteness. <laughs> so my favorite part of this by far is the, the Blink-182 Tom DeLonge connection. That's the best part. That is by far the best. That, like, he was the guy who was, like, hardcore pushing this, and now he's getting vindicated. Like, totally vindicated, because the government's like, all right, Tom, yeah, yeah, you were right. These were actually UFOs. Like, what are the what are the so other wait. guys in Blink? Like, he must have been going on and on about this on the tour bus all the time. They got, they and they were like, the Tom, band. shut the fuck up. So wait, <laughs> and now... I don't fully understand how the Blink-182 man is involved in the alien information being released. Because he went full crazy. He went full crazy. And He's like, just kind of really been pushing this. The government pays attention to the lead singer of Blink-182? He, like, started a group or something. Oh, all right. Well. But it's, like, him and, uh, him and uh, the dude from Ghostbusters, who are all about goddamn aliens and listen to them talk it's convincing i just i I think it's i think it is hilarious and like the idea and i'm sure this wasn't the only reason but the idea that that was the reason why blink 182 kicked him out of the band again and then they because they replaced him with the guy from alkaline trio and i just want i want to say that like if that was the reason they kicked him out of the band now they have to let him back in because tom was right Sorry, guys. That that's just how it goes. So, aliens are absolutely real. I mean, <laughs> yes. let's just start there. But even if like you don't, I mean, like it's just hard not to believe. The universe is so big. How could I don't think that anybody has ever disputed that aliens were real. No, I think a lot of people don't believe they're real. I mean, like here. Oh, here on this uh, show. Us. Okay. Yeah. Well, perhaps I mean, I'm we talking got, we to got the ke- audience. We got Kelly going full Ilya Brzgalov here, so. <laughs> no, it's, did you ever so see the movie big. Contact? Yes, 
I love that. Yeah, at movie. the end, you know that I've never. Seen I'm not a movie talking in my to life. you, Steph. I know you've never seen Contact. <laughs> talking to the other two. At the end, where they ask her about aliens, and she's like, "Hey, it'd be an awful waste of space." Like that's, and then I was like, "Oh shit, that is true." Who's that? Jodie Foster. Jody Which Foster. one is that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jodie Foster. You know what movie I have seen? Lion King. The Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Yes, I missed what Charlie said. He I said, said Beauty King. and Beast as well. Oh. Oh, yes. I've seen those too. Um, Beast is an alien. My but column. also, I've seen Mars Attacks. Like, way too many times I've seen Mars Attacks. That is so random. It's my. It was my brother. It was my brother's oh, okay. favorite movie for a long time. Oh my god! If if you ever like when Blockbuster still was a thing, Steph. If you ever come on other stuff, I can actually watch Mars Attacks because I've never seen it. Oh, oh perfect! God, I hate it so much. <laughs> I you think like Tuesday's it? show is set. All right, gang. So aliens are real. Uh, the Eagles made a dumb draft pick. Oscar Limblom is doing well, and the Flyers have done it. They have won! They have won the Linus Sandin sweepstakes! Yes! I'm him Linus. I'm still, I am high. It says in the, in the press release, it specifically says Linus. Yeah, Did I it really? Because I just said I am it highly because I knew it wasn't Linus. Linus Sandin. Nah, nice. I'm not doing that. I, I can't believe that Bill pronounced that correctly. I can't. I'm, I'm shocked. I can't either. I've been saying Linus, and when I typed it today, I was like, you know what? It's not going to be this because this is how I want to say it. I honestly was going to say that I figured that Bill said Linus because he was trying to be funny and say it in the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> what the, like, this guy, he it doesn't seem, it sounds like he's got Michael Roffle potential. He could be a nice player. Yeah. He had uh, 16 or 19 goals and, you know, it sounds like he's decent, right? We will collect all big... the bottom six forwards. Yeah, I think he's a good find. Um, you know, he was tied for third in the SHL this year in goals. Um, and that was, you know, him playing a very around-the-net kind of role uh, where he's, you know, he's scoring goals, um, you know, basically by off rebounds and tip plays and, you know, just being there for slam dunks. And, you know, I don't think he's the kind of guy who's going to drive a line or, or be a super skilled type player. But... You know, if you're talking about like best case scenario, I, I don't think, I don't think Michael Roffel is a good stylistic comparable because Roffel is a much better skater than Sandine will be, I, I mm. believe. But if you're talking about like, you know, with Michael Roffel, the start of his NHL career, he kind of, I guess, probably at his peak, if we want to call it that, he carved out a role for himself as like the do the little things guy on the Giroux Voracek line. And he wasn't anywhere near as skilled as those guys, but like he did all the dirty work and all the small things to get them. And yes, that was intentional because we were talking about Blink 182. But um, <laughs> he was doing he was doing all those things to let them do all the skill stuff. And if everything works out perfectly with this guy, maybe he can be that. And those guys are useful without a doubt. It just blows my mind that we even have roster room for like a bottom six player. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, okay, so that's going to be, like, quite a battle whenever the next training camp is for all those bottom six spots because they're really stacking up the guys that could make it up. 
Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a real competition, and I think that's the that's what they like. Um, it's even what yeah. what Hextall liked, even if he ended up always you know <laughs> picking the wrong ones towards the Yuri Laterras <laughs> and Dale Weeses over the actually good young players. But they like the idea of these camps being incredibly competitive. They think it brings out the best in guys, and I can't disagree. You know, look at this year. Look at how many injuries they had. Look at how many guys who ended up having to play in the bottom six over the course of the year, like. Depth matters, and depth really matters at forward. And you know, maybe this guy isn't isn't going to be good. Who knows? He'll have to prove it. But he's certainly a good guy to have in the mix. And considering the salary cap, the fact that it's probably going to be stagnant, if not go down due to coronavirus and the revenues dropping and everything like that, you know, having another guy on an entry level deal for next year who can play is is important it's going to really help this team i think even if you know he flames out it's never a bad thing to be adding potentially useful guys to the system for sure plus there was like a a war for him from what i've read on the line and i've decided that it's fun that we won it i don't care if he's good or not we won fuck everybody else well, he's got he's got pedigree. He's uh, he's Rasmus Sandin's brother, his older yeah. brother, who, if you're not familiar, um, is one of the, the the Maple Leafs' top prospects. He got some time in the NHL before the pause and looked quite good when he when he was up there. Now, I think Rasmus Sandin has top four defenseman potential. I don't think his brother has the kind of potential that Rasmus has, um, which makes sense. You know, Rasmus was drafted. This guy was not. Um, he's 24 years old, so he's something of a late bloomer, but. You know, the Flyers, they they haven't been bad at digging up these kind of guys. You know, they, they dug up Michael Roffel. They dug up Pierre-Edouard Belmar. You know, even even somebody like, like Roman Lubimov. He wasn't bad. I mean, maybe he wasn't like a clear-cut NHLer, but he was not terrible. And if this guy is even just Roman Lubimov, that's fine. It helps. Luby! Luby. 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 Flyers legend. Even <laughs> Medvedev, man, I just really thought that we had a we had and something Medvedev, special there. Like that's the thing. Even Medvedev, Medvedev didn't fit, and you know it was funny. I put this in an article a couple weeks ago that the fact that his underlying numbers were pretty good, yet Dave Haxall didn't like him. Maybe that should have thrown up more red flags than it did at the time, because that was Haxall's first year when we all still kind of liked him. Um, but it did, and we were just like, oh, we'll trust this guy because the Flyers are doing well, and maybe there's something that that you know we're missing that that he that he picked up on or the coaching staff picked up on. But like even Medvedev was okay, like he was useful. So the Flyers scouting department, you know, and aside from the fact that Hextall is gone, this is gone. The scouting department during that that year is pretty much the exact same. It's the same guys. Um, they've done a pretty good job of digging up these guys from the SHL and you know the second tier Swedish league and other European leagues. So I'm I'm inclined to trust them that this guy is going to be a useful NHL player. I I agree. And like uh, like Kelly was just saying a few a few minutes ago, you know what? We won. We got him. Yeah. There's not games going on. Uh, it was like I think we were talking last week about my love for Mike Vecchioni. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. Right. Listen. We weren't winning a Stanley Cup or anything, a division, nothing like that. So we won the Vecchioni sweepstakes. Good for us. I am all for winning the uh, Linus or Linus Sandine sweepstakes in lieu of uh, there being no games. You always need depth. And this conversation, I guess, it's the last thing I have on the outline here, but it's a good, uh, it's a good natural, it's a good natural segue to it. So the Flyers, uh, Myrtle, your coworker, Charlie. Uh, wrote an article detailing everyone's uh, cap 
cap situation, basically. Salary cap situation. Uh, ranked them from best to worst. The Flyers came in at 19th out of 31. Uh, he basically said they were a tweener. They were the first of the teams. Of all the teams that don't have any cap space, they're in the best situation is basically what he said. Yeah, it just guess, seems right. like an odd fall. I, I realize they've added good players, and good players cost money. They've had some young players turned into productive players, so you have to pay them. It just seems like it happened so fast that we had cap space, and now there is none gone. again. Yeah, <laughs> it, did, it got used up quick, didn't it? I mean, this is what happens, though. And I know you yeah. just said that, but like, this was part the reason why... You know, Dave Scott and Paul Holmgren went out and they got Chuck Fletcher. It was that bias for action. You know, the Flyers, the Flyers shouldn't, considering the the revenue the Flyers bring in and the prominent place in the NHL they have, the Flyers really shouldn't be going into seasons with millions of dollars of cap space on you. Oh, agreed. They, they shouldn't be. So, and, and I think it's important to note here that that Myrtle piece, which was good, that Myrtle yeah. piece is, is operating under the assumption that the cap isn't going to go up, which, fair, I don't think it's going to, but if it did, which was the expectation before we had a once-in-a-generation pandemic hit, the Flyers would have had some cap space, and they would have potentially been able to go out, and I'm not saying they were going to be able to go out and offer Alex Petrangelo $10 million a year without making some major subtractions elsewhere, but, like, I thought it was totally possible the Flyers could have said, hey, we've got an extra $2 million. Why don't we, instead of re-signing Brian Elliott, go out and target Yaroslav Halak or somebody that maybe gives us an upgrade there? Now I don't think they have that flexibility because there's just no space. Plus, there's another factor they have to account for, which is where while this offseason they're not having to make – they're not having, going to have to give out big contracts to players that are free agents, whether it's restricted or unrestricted. Maybe they would have had to do it for Limblom or Patrick had both of them had the seasons we wish they had. Unfortunately, their situations are weird now. So while I, don't, I expect the Flyers are going to keep them in some form or another, it's not like – it's not like they have to open the checkbook for them, and I don't think either player, like Patrick in particular, I, I doubt Patrick wants to sign a long-term deal because he wants to put himself in a better position in the future to get bigger money down the road. So the Flyers don't have to spend a lot of money this year. However, next offseason, they're going to have to. Like, that's when the Carter Hart contract expires. I believe that's when the Travis Sanheim contract Sanheim, expires. Like, yep. the, these are guys who are going to cost some money. So you've got to, as a general manager, you've got to plan into the future, and you've got to look at this, and you got to say to yourself, all right, we don't want to be making these crazy additions this summer because we got to put ourselves in position that we have the cap space to account for, you know, what for Carter Hart, I mean, shit. If Carter Hart has another good year next year, like, he could be a $7 million a year player. Like, it's, it's possible. I mean, these, like, goalies do not do what Carter Hart has done so far in his career at his age. So I don't even know what his comparable would be, but I imagine, like, we're talking, like, John Gibson type, and, what, he got, like, five and a half mil over a long-term deal, you know, two, three years ago, and he was one of the best goalies in hockey? Like, Carter Hart, they're going to have to pay him, probably, unless he has a bad year next year or there isn't a season or whatever. So they got to prepare for that, and that means maybe not just going spend crazy this summer. I kind of and wonder, I'd rather get. Sorry. Oh, go ahead, Kelly. No, I was just gonna just kind of talking about goalie contracts. I kind of wonder if teams are going to start doing kind of what Columbus did, and maybe you pay a guy 
I don't know, like $750,000 a million dollars more than you would ideally like to, but it's only for two or three years. Like, I don't know if locking any goalie up for a long-term contract is a good idea anymore. Like, how many of them have actually worked out? Not very many. So I, I kind of, I'm interested to see what happens with the Carter Hart contract. Like, obviously, I want him to be lights out next season and earn a whole bunch of money, but also, goalies are voodoo, and I don't want to see the Flyers locked into a Bob contract with a goaltender that could fall off at some point. Well, I don't think they're going to get locked into a Bob contract because Bob, so the Bob contract was a free agent deal. Yeah, um, yeah. But if you if you look at it, like, yeah, maybe the Flyers could decide with Carter Hart when his contract expires. Yeah, we're going to do a bridge deal. You know that that's what Tampa Bay did with Andre Vasilevsky. His contract <laughs> expires. He he'd had a couple legitimately good years, so they signed him to a three-year bridge deal with a cap at a three point five million dollars. Great, that worked for them in the moment. However, after that expired, they then had to open up the checkbook to the tune of a nine point five million dollar cap hit for eight years to keep him. So the question for the Flyers becomes: If you think Carter Hart is the truth, and I think we we believe he is, then do you want to pay him? A decent amount now on a long-term deal or do you want to bridge him and then if he continues to be the Carter Hart we've seen so far then you have to give him a Bob deal in three four years that to me is the question I mean obviously if Carter Hart isn't good then that's another story but I think we all believe he is so these are the tough decisions a general manager has to make but if Carter Hart is as good as we think he is he's gonna get paid and I don't think anybody would agree with the idea of like well, if Carter Hart asked for too much money, just let him leave. Like, we waited this long for the guy. We're not letting yeah. him leave. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, and that's, I'd rather, uh, like, I'd rather pay him the seven, you know, after next year than carry price money a few, a little while after that. Like, I, you just don't want to get locked into something like that. Like Kelly said, with the Bob contract, uh, if you can get in a little early now, that it would probably be better. How the hell does Boston do what they do with the cap? Voodoo. Like they're one of the top, I think, ten teams in terms of the kind of space they're gonna have. They have so many good players. Yeah, I haven't looked. I didn't look. Um, I just kind of scrolled through that article to see where the Flyers were and then stopped reading it. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't know how they have so many good players. Are a lot of them young still? I hate Boston. I don't look at them very much. You know, like what apart from their top line, like what's happening under there. So I'm not, I'm not as high on the Bruins as Myrtle is in that article because my view of the Bruins is that they have a, like beyond their top line. I don't think any of their forwards are that good. Mm-hmm. Like DeBrusque is fine. I, Charlie Coyle, I think, is overpaid for what he is. Krejci is Krejci. Like, he's good, but he's whatever. I, I don't know. Like, I'm not as... I, I look at the Bruins as a team, and I think it makes perfect sense to be set up this way, as a team that basically says, okay, our top line is better than every other line in hockey, and everybody else, your job is basically to play really good defense. And, like, that works as long as the top line is super good, best top line in hockey. If it starts declining a bit, I don't know if I love the way that team is set up because Bergeron's 34 and Marchand's 31, and, like, they're both great players, but I don't know for how much longer they're going to be 
flat-out superstar. So I'm not as, like, sold on the idea of Boston being this, like, juggernaut for the next 10 years as it seemed like that article was. As long as Tuka Rask is what he's supposed to be, it, you know, we always say the goalie's the great eraser. As long as he's doing what he's supposed to do, they're, uh, they're in a good situation. Pittsburgh, also surprising amount of cap room. Do they? It was it was an odd like it, no one has a ton because like no one had a ton going into this year and it's not like you know the caps going up but they they had more than the Flyers. Uh, really? I that's a they got too. Some, they, they got some guys they got to resign, namely both their goalies. I that's I've heard you don't need a goalie except for Carter Hart. Except <laughs> for Carter Hart. No, listen, I think watching some of the, like, 70s hockey, 80s hockey that's been replayed, a team could have won the cup with six guys. No no goalie with six six playing out. I fully believe this. All the Mm -hmm. clutching and grabbing you were allowed to do, as bad as the goalies were to begin with back then, (laughs) you could have won the cup with six skaters. Maybe. The shots weren't that great either. Like, no, exactly. The puck never left the ice. Mm-hmm. They're using these wooden sticks. They don't even need helmets because ain't nobody getting high-sticked. Like, it was it was unbelievable. This is my TED Talk. Thank you. Here we go. No, I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I didn't think of the Penguins as a team that was, like, going to have a lot of flexibility. You know, I guess maybe if they let one of their two goalies go, which I don't think they're going to do, and then... I guess they're going to let Justin Schultz go, I guess. Um, I mean, they got some good contracts. Like, Crosby and Malkin, I guess, still provide surplus value. And Brian Russ had the big year, and Dumoulin's good. But then they also are paying Jack Johnson $3.25 mil a year to be one of the worst defensemen in hockey. And, like, is Patrick Hornquist still a $5 million a year player? I don't know. I, yeah. Do Jack Johnson's teammates love him? Because I hear that's all that matters with Robert Haig. Oh, I'm no. sure I, Jack Johnson is was is absolutely a popular player in like locker rooms and stuff. He just yeah. sucks. You know what they say? You and Jack Johnson, you're just better together. And in in fairness <laughs> to the Robert Haig defender brigade, my guess is that if Robert Haig was getting paid 3.25 mil a year, those defenders would be a lot less loud. Oh, this is what I wanted to ask. Do you think it would be smart to try to lock um, Nolan Patrick into a seven-year, $1.5 million contract. <laughs> Would it be smart? Is that per year? <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh, per, year. per year. <laughs> wow, Bill. Wow. I'm you know just what? Trying to... Even I might do that. Bill, I think we've stumbled upon the one contract that neither side would say yes to. <laughs> Two million, that's my final offer. It guarantees $14 million for a guy who doesn't play. It's too high of a risk for the Flyers. And How? Patrick, it's $2 million. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a risk for the Flyers at all. I think it's a risk for the Flyers because, like, he might not play. And you, you're offering a guy a seven-year deal? Yeah. Yeah, but what if he like, does play? Yeah, that's well, that's why Patrick value. wouldn't accept it. <laughs> it makes no sense for either side. It wasn't a, an idea that meant to be looked at logically, Charles. I'm not saying it's a good idea. So, in other words, <laughs> it's a Bill Matt's idea. 
So it turns out that both Broad Street Hockey and The Athletic took a look at some jerseys this week, fam. Um, I know some people have some very strong opinions about this. I realized I like jerseys that teams win in. Like, I forever was of the camp that, oh, the Eagles need to go back to Kelly Green. That's the best jersey in franchise history. Well, then they won in Midnight Green, and now I think Kelly Green's the color of losers. <laughs> I used to think the Phillies had the worst uh, uniforms in all of sports. Now I just think, yeah, that's what uh, I had the best, you know, college experience ever watching them play in was the, is the red and white pinstripes. So, I don't know. I, I don't have as strong opinions on this, but just give me a, like, break down for me what you think is the perfect Flyers jersey. Color, era, whatever. 90s black. 90s black. End of discussion. So anti 90s, 90s black. black. They're not good. The winter classic from when they played at um, Citizens Bank Park. Is that the fuzzy one? The Wait, one that was like fuzzy. That, that was the. Is is that the 2012 one or is that the 2010 one? 2012 yeah, 2010 was Citizens Bank. See, I didn't know the year. So I said the one where they played at Citizens Bank. The 2012 Park. is it's the Keystone uh, yeah, that's thing a, that's that a great yeah. holds that's the great. letter on it. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I like that jersey a lot. I have with the laces and yeah. it just. I actually perfect. have one right here. I'm ah, sitting on one. Look at this one. guy. I always sit on my jerseys as well. It's on. a seat cover. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there it is. There it is. That's the one. No, I, I, I want to go back to this because, like, so I, I put those black jerseys on my list mostly as a nod to the people who are, like, irrationally big defenders of them, like Kelly. Irrational. But they're not good. How dare they're you? They're not good. They're fucking the, the, great. The Flyers jerseys are orange. They have to be orange. There's, like, a little trim of orange, and it sucks. It's boring. First of all, wasn't it a third? Yes. It was a it third, was a third. And then, it was the, then it was their road jerseys through, like, the entirety of the 2000s. Yeah, but then when they, no, when they switched to, the, like, the Reebok-style ones, those yeah, were well, bad. Sucked. Those were they bad. Sucked. But they but that, that they weren't bad because it's a black jersey. They were just bad because they were bad. Yes, yeah, but the that's blacks, not the jersey I'm talking about. The I'm black jerseys from, like, 97 through the lockout were awesome. I love yes. them. As an alternate, though. Yeah, that's I, I'm not saying that I want – I'm not, like – arguing that you do away with the orange jersey it was a third jersey it just happens to be my favorite jersey because a i don't like fucking wearing traffic cone orange around in my normal life it's a very hard color to pull off and i don't love it Boo. so having a black jersey or when now that they have the black jersey options back again that are great like i like the sleekness they were fucking awesome looking. I liked that they were exactly the same as the road and the home jerseys, just black. Like, it wasn't some yeah, weird, like, off-the-wall nonsense. It was just, like, a classic was, good jersey. That was one of the cool things at the time, that it was just a Flyers jersey that they turned black. Like, yeah. It was a true alternate. They took their third color and made it their primary on those jerseys. I did really, yeah. uh, I did really dig that. You I mean, guys that's, that's, hate that's the fair. you guys hate the neon orange now, right? It, this this orange is bad. I like it. I think it's fine. I don't like it. Oh, I saw a whole Slack conversation how you guys were or a, a group of you. I don't know who was saying what. Yeah. But uh, the neon orange they wear now is just too bright. I want to like think... do a an evolution of the orange article for broadsheethockey.com, but I worry that like 
different computer resolutions will not accurately portray the oranges properly so that people won't know what I'm talking about and I don't like that. That's I will this... say that I I do think that the um I think that the current shade of orange they have now works better on the road jerseys than it does for the the, the straight up orange ones. I like it better as a secondary or like the secondary color to the white. Because I, I think the, the current um the current road jerseys the Flyers have, which were originally the winter classic ones, the first winter classic they were in, I think they're I think they're great. I think they're beautiful. The uh, the home ones I think are good, but I do think that the 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 nineties version of the orange is better. Yeah. That's I was their current white jerseys that were those twenty ten winter classic jerseys and the I call them the Christarian era orange, the road jerseys. I, those are also both my two favorites. I will say when like they hadn't been wearing orange as a primary for a while, and then they brought back the orange, and then they wore it through the cup run because the TV networks just loved it, and they're like, keep wearing that shit. That was so cool. Yeah, and then other teams started co-opting the orange, which was just very unacceptable to me. Yeah, other teams wearing orange as no. a primary is um, uh-uh. it's it's garbage. Honestly, the Flyers wear orange. Yeah. Yeah, fuck off, Oilers. Absolutely. Yeah, like the Oilers, you're blue. What are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? Ducks, you have a you have a classic jersey, Ducks. Why aren't you wearing it anymore? I don't care if you don't like Disney, wear it. Yeah, where did the orange even come from, you fools? It was teal and purple. Go back. I mean, I get so I get the Oilers to a degree because at least like the orange was always part of it. It was just it, it. That shouldn't be their primary. That should be a, a good like a good secondary color and the logo and everything like that. And their you know their their classic '80s jerseys, which should just be their jerseys. Like that is your jersey. You won four cups. That's your jersey forever. Um, you know, yeah. There you can put a dash of orange in it. But what the the Ducks have done, which is like trying to steal the orange from the Flyers. Like fuck you. Yeah, get fucked, nerds. 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 Take your rebrand and throw it in the trash. Yeah, where it belongs. So what jersey in the rest of the league? What's up, Steph? I have to leave. I've got to go talk to the CIA now. Okay. Bye. Bye, Steph. Bye, guys. Ask them about aliens. Yeah. I will. And dogs. I promise. And dogs. I will. <laughs> and the men who stare at goats. All of this. I will. A lot of references just for Kelly here. All right. So we have lost Steph. She is now gone. Uh so what jerseys from the rest of the league are you guys really into, and what ones do you hate? So I personally, as a Flyers fan, I'm a big fan of, like, simplicity and classicness in a hockey jersey. So big fan of the Maple Leafs jerseys generally, although I don't really love their Shocker. logo. I don't love their logo <laughs> redesign so much. I don't like that new leaf. It's like too busy. They should have just. Left I thought it alone. I liked it at first, but yeah, no. It's why would you just? just I don't need. Why do leaf, I need man. veins on the leaf? I don't. I understand yeah. that it's a leaf. It doesn't need to look realistic. I really like the Red Wings jerseys for the same reason. Um, I really like. I was going to say Boston, but no, I don't. I don't like it. I love Boston's. I was just going to say, like because yellow. I think we're all going to go in the same direction. The original Does six Does anybody teams. dislike any of the original six jerseys? Is, that like, is there one that stands out that you hate? No. Mm-mm. I mean, no, they're all, all, all the ones that are still using, like, the classic original six. Like, my favorite, I agreed with Maddie uh, in the BSH article, my favorite jersey in the league is the, the Detroit Whites. I think they're beautiful. Yeah, they're they, they are. I also think... 
I also think the Red Wings logo is amazing, and it just it all works perfectly. It's mm-hmm. very sleek. It's just an awesome jersey. But I agree that like pretty much all the original six jerseys are good. Yeah, which yeah, the original tell you sixes something. are great. You don't need um, busyness. Yeah, I love, uh, like I said, I like Boston's when they have the spoked B. To me, the spoked B is the same as the flying P. Yeah. Why would you have a bear? Why do you have something other than your good logo that's awesome? <laughs> All that is trash. I would hate it if I was a Bruins fan. Um, the Avs jerseys with the Adam Foot foot on them. Yes, the old yes. ones. The ones that had sparkly silver on them, those were great. Yeah. yeah. And the yes. like the font Love on them. the back was uh-huh. different, like all that shit. It was so 90s and so cool when it came out. They were good. And such a clash because they were such rivals with the Red Wings, such a clash against the Red Wings classic jerseys that I just fucking love them. Yeah. Yeah, they were good. I'm trying to think what other ones, what non-original six jerseys I like. Um, I like I like the Golden Knights. I think they're good. Yeah. Um, I, I I think I think they they work really well for that team. I don't like I the red. My, that little bit I of red in favorite, the jerseys I hate. My favorite jersey that like this team should just switch to this full time. My favorite non-original six jersey out right now is the one that the the Jets wore. I think in their their stadium series game this year. That baby blue like, one. No, no. Oh, I was going to say, good the God, one I hate like, that thing. The one that's like dark navy with the stripes and it has the old school Jets logo on it. That is cool. Yeah. I, think, yeah, I, I like I the, love that the navy. I hate the Jets regular jerseys. I think they're garbage. I think it's okay, but I think they absolutely should switch to, um, to, to the one I'm pointing out. I, I generally like the Jets jerseys, but that baby – I thought you were talking about that baby blue one. I was going to lose my mind. Those are so bad. They're so bad. Yeah, yeah, they're they're boring as shit. I'm gonna post this in the Slack chat so you guys can see it. Is there a worse combination of color, team name, and logo than the Ottawa Senators? Mm. Yeah, the, the the Sens suck. Oh yeah, Charlie, that's a good jersey. Love that's real that good. jersey. Now that I'm thinking about it, the Canucks jerseys. I really like Canucks jerseys, generally. That that's fair. The yeah. I mean, they, they've have... gone through so many different ones. Yeah, they have such a lineage of jerseys. A lot of them are cool. Uh, the Messier era with, like, the sea that was, like, a shark or whatever the fuck it was, that sucked. I like the uh, yeah. the hockey stick ones. The ones that are, like... Oh, yeah, they're... I love them, but they're a little Hartford Whalers-y to me. Like, you're just taking amazing... They're great colors, and they work yeah. in the Pacific Northwest. Like, I dig it. It's just like this is already a classic jersey. But yeah, if I, I was a Canucks that. fan, you're goddamn right I'd be wearing one. <laughs> a I, lot of people a lot of people really like the the Lightning's jersey and I'm like ambivalent to it. I don't like it. I you know, a lot of people like Dallas's jerseys too and I don't like those. I don't like All the green. The white- I like that's it. like I like Dallas's '90s jerseys. Yeah, the green All they're using the teams now is that bad. use white and blue. I think are just boring. Like Columbus, Tampa, I think they're all just like eh. Yeah, they're pretty boring. Um, oh, it was an orca. I had to look it up. The orca, the sea. Uh, makes yeah. Sense. Um, yeah, some sort of sea creature. I always wanted a Todd Bertuzzi Vancouver Canucks jersey because I was a sick person in the late '90s, early 2000s. <laughs> Goth ass Kelly. <laughs> Just fucking liking dudes that were slamming heads on the ice like a oh lunatic. Oh, God. Yep. Oh, that was a different time. Um, 
I've I've always liked the um, I've always liked the sharks jerseys. I don't I don't like love all the ones they use now, but I do think the teal, white, and black works really well. Yeah, I do like that color scheme. That's the original sharks jerseys are such a great study in like what worked with '90s expansion teams. I think if we're learning anything here, it's that jerseys were at their peak in the late '90s. Hockey was at its peak. Well, debatable, but not the actual sport on the ice. Oh, that okay. was not good. But <laughs> okay, yeah, that was that's bad. And in terms of popularity, that's true. Yeah, that it is was fair actually. Yeah, that is. Do you fair. remember there was a commercial with like uh, Lindros and Paul Correa and like Yager, a bunch of like the current stars, and they're playing pond hockey. And, like, Gretzky and Lemieux and, guy and like, Gordie Howe show up. And they're like, hey, guys, come come join us. And they go, no, it's your turn now. And they go to leave and, like, all the players start tapping their sticks and shit. Oh, it's I so remember good. that. Yeah. I'll see if I can find it on, uh, I'll see if I can find it on YouTube. I know I've seen it there before. Oh, God. Hockey do was we, good. What, what else do we have today, guys? Do we I have don't any? know. Do you want to talk more about aliens? I could go all day. Yeah, what what do you got? Well, Kelly, do you want to do your show after this? We can just talk about aliens for an hour. I like I kind of know that I need to do it, but also I have so little life motivation right now that I, like it's hard for me to even describe how much oh, I, I want don't to give do a nothing. shit. I know I that can you go back don't. to sleep. When we said we were pushing the show, like I laid down for a minute and suddenly it was three o'clock, and I was like, oh no, I'm late. And I looked and you guys were like texting me, hey Bill, come join us. <laughs> I literally like from this position where I'm sitting on the ground right now just like went like this and laid down for however long it took Charlie to get off his call and I was like I don't feel like fucking doing anything Kelly is it Albert who is posing as you on Twitter it is that really threw Ava yesterday <laughs> she's like does Kelly have a kid what is going on here why is she so tired you can tell it's and it me took me it a minute real. I was like oh no Kelly would not put real next to her name this is not the real Kelly <laughs> I I think he finally changed it today, but he left it up longer than I thought he was going to. And well, he was Charlie for like a month. He was. Yeah. He was like, well, where was... was... Like a, there was like a week-long period when like there were 15 people on Twitter with my name, and that was very I, weird. I don't know why... I don't remember why oh, that happened. Oh, Charlie's a celebrity. <laughs> no, I wasn't a celebrity. It was just a bunch of my friends decided it'd be funny to all go, but go as me for a week. And I think my Albert's friends, was... My where friends was, all hate my Twitter celebrity and refuse to even have Twitters because of it. I like that about them. But I do like that Albert's was where was Charles O'Connor on 9-11. Yeah, that's, I was trying to like figure it out at first. I was like, is this guy like trolling Charlie? And then I, lo I finally saw the tag and was like, oh, okay. Nobody has any fucking clue what we're talking about now. That's all right. Uh, sadly, our audience actually does. <laughs> we're only down to our Twitter friends now. Yeah, right. Nobody else is listening to this show except for the people that follow us on Twitter for yeah. whatever reason. Thanks, fam. We yeah. really appreciate you. I uh, genuinely do you have anything like else? People. Is there, like, hockey? Um, I will say, to end... It kind of sounds like it's coming back. It does. It, yeah, they kind of... LeBrun on Charlie's website had a thing about them starting next season in December so that they could finish up this season, I guess, by, like, September, which I guess, whatever. Oh, that'd but, be a fun Christmas. Yeah. Is that a way to avoid the Disney on Ice trip? Because this Ooh. could be very beneficial to the Flyers. Oh. They could win a fucking President's Trophy if they don't have to take that trip. Slow the fuck down. I didn't even think about this. I'm getting a little excited. They're not going to have Disney on Ice with social distancing. No. No oh, one wants to. Me Disney's not, not going to try to make that money, though. Come on. 
I, I think they were going to adjust the Disney on Ice thing, even if none of this had happened. It was so bad this year. Like, it was I, so bad. They won no <laughs> game. I really what did they think... go? One, six, and one or something? Enough <laughs> already with the fucking Disney. How much money could you possibly make? I, I, I think the Flyers, because I think Fletcher and the Flyers, before all this had happened, were trying to be creative with the NHL to find ways to make their schedule not as insane for next season and moving forward. And if it means moving Disney on ice to another time of the year, I think they were open to it. And that's the beauty of owning your own building. Hey, billionaires out there, build your own buildings and you can do whatever the fuck you want with them. Yeah, you fucking jackals. Build your own buildings. Love you, Ed. Thank you. All right. That is, uh, I guess that's all the time. Did we have anything else to sound like you were going to say something and I cut you off? Oh, I was just going to tell Charlie that his list was wrong because as bad as Cooperalls were, nothing was worse than the 3D logo. Nothing was worse. Oh, that was so bad. The 3D logo. I mean, Bill was saying he liked the Cooperalls because he's insane. (laughs) that is no there is that like i always say it's involuntary but i will say the overall hatred for cooperalls uh like that makes me like them however if you're out there playing like men's league in like cooperalls you're getting called roller hockey kid the whole fucking time (laughs) like yo will someone just go put a shoulder into that roller hockey kid and remind him he is playing ice hockey like something like that do they still make cooperalls it's just like roller hockey pants, basically. Oh, okay. And they look like Cooperalls. It's the exact same thing. Amazing. All right. Uh, that's done. all the time we have for you. Me and Kelly might do a show today. We might do it later. Mm. We might do it in our own heads and just say, oh, you missed out. Who knows? Uh, but my name is Bill Matz. Thank you for listening. Thanks for hanging out. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. It's more important than ever to subscribe. Download all the episodes. Text them to your friends. Tell them download them as well. Do whatever you have to do. Set up false iTunes accounts. Whatever. Make Scam a robot. the system. For Kelly and Charlie, have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk